0: This has been a really cool week. Um, just amazing things. It's amazing how God visits us in here. I, I, just not, God didn't, I didn't see God. I didn't hear His voice. Uh, um, but I have this sense of His presence. Are you hearing me? And um, it's just been a really um, amazing week. I've had a number of Uh, communications with Wilbens and just having to minister in in that situation. And uh, my brother um, ministering, uh, actually he's ministering to me, it's pretty amazing. He's my younger brother by 17 years and it's been pretty amazing to watch him grow um, beyond me. That's pretty amazing. So um, I actually sent him a text. I said it's a, a pretty awesome thing when the student becomes the teacher And the mentee becomes the mentor, and the younger helps the elder. And so, uh, but part of that conversation was an inspiration to me uh, this week. Um, And so this message uh, today comes from the overflow of what's uh, inside of me, from what's been bubbling in there uh, and welling up. And I've just been looking forward to the opportunity to to share that with you today. Uh, The title of today's message is, The Past is Past. The Past is Past. Overcoming uh, our yesterdays can often be one of the most challenging things that we do in life. It can be... The rockiest and hardest journey of life is to overcome our yesterdays because our past has a tendency to hang on us like a disease, like leprosy, and it eats away at our hope. Um, no matter how spiritual you, spiritual that you may be or how... Um, mature you may be in the Lord or how long you may have been a Christian, um, your past comes along and it just kind of sucks out the possibility of uh, our tomorrows, and it makes us sometimes feel hopeless, and it can be crippling, and it can be painfully disabling, especially when the enemy to get, kind of gets a, a headlock on us and keeps us, you know, rubs our noses, if you will. Uh, in our in our past. Um, but I just got some great news. You know, it doesn't have to stay that way. Um, the truth is, is that everyone in this room probably has some type of baggage from the past. In fact, not probably. Just take the word probably out of there. Every one of us in this room has baggage from the past. Uh, it comes in all different shapes and sizes. Your Your baggage could come maybe from some sin that you've always had to deal with and are still dealing with in your life, maybe some hurt from childhood or whenever it it may have been in life, Uh, addiction, uh, dealing with addictions, or failure. There's something in your life where you look back and go, man, I so messed up right there. But regardless of the baggage of the past that you may be carrying around, you need to take comfort in the fact of knowing that you are not... Alone. Are you hearing me? You're not an island unto yourself. Not only uh, are we in it together, but Jesus is in it with us. See, when we come to Jesus, when we say the song, I speak Jesus, He's going to turn it around, He's going to do it again. Uh, When we come to Jesus, we find freedom. This doesn't necessarily mean, however, that we just constantly walk in that freedom because many times we're weighed down because of the way that um, we hang on to the past or maybe the past hangs on to us. Yeah. Either way, is something that we all deal with. And the good news is that God uses imperfect, broken people. That is such good news to me. He doesn't just tolerate our baggage. He doesn't just put up with our baggage. He actually invites it. He invites us to him with all of our trouble, with all of our woes, with all of our hurt, with all of our failures, with all of our past, with all of our baggage. And biblically, you need to know that you're in very good company when you think about the characters in the Bible. For example, Noah was a drunk. Um, You read the scripture, you'll find out that that is the case. Abraham was too old. Uh, He didn't think he had anything left in him. Jacob was a liar. Uh, Joseph was abused by his family. Anybody have a witness? Moses had a speech impediment, whether that was an actual stutter or slur, or he just was scared to to speak, because he said to God, "I, I can't speak well, pick somebody else. And not only that, if that wasn't bad enough, he was also a murderer, He murdered somebody. Gideon uh, doubted. He was so filled with doubt that he had to lay down three different fleeces before the Lord before he even had an idea that he might be able to be used by God. Rahab was a prostitute. Interestingly, she's also in the genealogy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. David uh, was not only a murderer, but he was also an adulterer. Um, Elijah was suicidal. Uh, Jonah ran from God. Peter uh, denied Christ three times. Martha was a worrywart. She worried about everything. The Samaritan woman was divorced more than once. At least maybe, I don't know. Jesus didn't say that she would been divorced five times, but he said she'd been with five different men, and the one that she was with now was not her husband. So she was certainly promiscuous. Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, was a Christian killer. So if you wonder whether or not you can be used by God, all you got to do is read the Bible and realize that you know, it's filled with people just like us. We're actually in good company. We all have baggage. Uh, we all have a past. Some of us, our past is worse than others, and that's not here to weigh out a person's pain because pain is pain, period, regardless of uh, how you're cut. It still hurts. And some of us probably have a, a secret past that we pray is never uncovered and pray that it's never revealed for the shame that would be there because the shame is already there and it hangs on us like a dark cloud and I want you to know something this morning that in the light of Christ, the shadows of our past can fade. That in the light of our Savior, the shadows and the darkness of our past can be diminished and it can be, even be expelled, cast out of our life when we have faith, when we put faith in Jesus Christ. Our, uh, our past can be like a tragic history. Um, you know, my family has had a um, before Diane, my family is as, as being raised up. And, you know, I've got uh, a full, I hate to use the phrase full or half, but it just denotes that we had different uh, mothers uh, in, in, in this case. The same daddy, but different mamas. And so I have a, a brother and I have a sister that are from a different mama. And then I have another sister uh, who is from, that we share the same mom. And it's just been nothing but a um, a tragic history. And I'm not alone in this. Okay, so I'm not up here, oh, feel sorry for me. No, 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 no. It's not, it, there's not a sorrowful story here. Because we're, we're all finding victory in Jesus Christ. We, 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 we're not only saying, I'm going to see a victory. We've seen a victory. Can I get a witness from somebody? And... Uh, amen amen so my brother he sent me this podcast this week he said i don't know if you're interested in see listening to it or not but i was interviewed and uh and uh it's about an hour and 20 minutes long and immediately well, i don't listen to podcasts that are an hour and 20 minutes long i mean can i get a witness from anybody if you're not going to keep it under 10 minutes you do not have my attention you know and so, uh, but I, I took the time, and because it was a story in part that we shared, it's, at least a portion of it was a story that we shared, it, it captivated my moment and my attention, uh, but it not only captivated because it was a moment that, uh, in history, in the past that we shared, but as I was listening to um, um, the healing that he has received in life. And, and I kind of, as I was listening to it, related it in, in a way, I didn't internalize it as making it about me in any way, shape, or manner, but what I thought about was how much farther he went in his healing than I did. And you know, he was able to use me as a, an example of getting to the point that he was able to get to, but uh, as a younger generation, By 17 years, that's that's a generation, uh, he was able to say, but I'm going even farther with that. And it was just moving. It was just deeply, deeply moving. And it says, you know what, that there is an answer for a dreadful past. And honestly, I didn't realize how much of a dreadful past that he had, because many times we're very selfish with our own pain as though no one else understands. And when someone else shares their pain, we always evaluate it compared to our pain, and we go, but you have no clue what pain is. And then when you hear the, the, the enormity of the story, you realize pain is pain, period. And the worst thing we can do is evaluate someone else's pain based on our own. So the beauty is is that there's an answer for a dreadful past. We all have a past. Some of us have had a dreadful past. Some of us maybe have not, but still yet there's there's baggage. But I want you to know that there's a path for beauty uh, within the pain. God takes the pain, if we'll give it to him, and he creates something beautiful out of it will allow him to do so. I believe that regardless of how dark the past be, has been, that there is hope for a glorious today and a glorious tomorrow if you will put your trust in Jesus. In John 14, Jesus said that he is the path. He said that he was the light, that he was the hope for all of us. He, he is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the only way. You know, Recovery, whether that be from drugs or hurt, is only found in Jesus Christ. I speak Jesus. He's the only answer. And like I said, in a weird way, there is beauty in the pain. Now, for some people who have dealt with a great deal of pain, it is so that pain is beautiful to them. Because it's their identifier. They identify as a person who is hurt and wounded. And so it draws people's attention to them because of their pain. And so it's a fearful and scary thing to ever let go of the pain because then I lose my identity because my identity is in the past. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? So there's actually some beauty in the pain if we only have the courage and the perseverance to muddle through it. The beauty is, is that we don't have to muddle through it alone. And too many people, including myself for many, many years, muddled through that pain alone. There was even parts of my pain that my beautiful bride didn't know about. But you know what? It, it, Jesus knows all about it. Jesus said that he would never leave us alone. You, you, may, you don't have to muddle alone through your history and through your past, because he said to us in Matthew 28 that he would always be with us, even to the end of the age, and he would never, ever leave us or forsake us. And at times, sometimes the, uh, the grime and the dirt of the past can uh, stick to us like a stubborn stain that no numbers of cycle in the laundry will ever wash out, could ever remove. But with God, nothing is impossible The Bible says that the shed blood of Jesus Christ washes us whiter than snow. I've got to put my faith in Jesus Christ. With Christ, there's no doubt that that although our yesterdays may be dark, uh, that our yesterdays may be foreboding, uh, that our tomorrows can be overflowing with goodness. They can be overflowing with blessing. They can be overflowing with love. I live in that arena today. Praise God I'm no longer dictated by my past. My past, the tragedy of my past, of my own actions and the actions of others uh, thrust upon me no longer dictates my thinking or, 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 or prevents me from moving forward to the things that God has for me in my life. And I think that this is something that is available to all of us because many times we feel that we're left to our own devices. We're all alone. We're helpless We're without hope because no one knows, no one understands, no one can get what it is that I'm feeling or you're feeling. And I know that I'm speaking to somebody here this morning. I am not compelled to bring this message to you because I had uh, a profound moment with my brother. Uh, It was that that spurred within me I immediately, you know, spurred within me the thoughts of not just myself, but everyone else. I pastor a flock of people, and in all across the congregation, people are dealing with their past and the struggle of their history and the baggage of that. But with Christ, praise God, there's no doubt that although... Our yesterdays can be dark and they can be foreboding. Our tomorrows can be overflowing. They can be overwhelmed with uh, goodness, with light, with blessings, with love. If we'll just put our trust in Christ alone, we are not left to our own devices. We are not hopeless. We are not alone. The Bible says that, that Jesus is the rock, our rock. And He is our salvation. I know what it feels like to have a a life that constantly feels like it's on shifting sand. And there's never seems to be a sure footing in anything that's that's happening in life. I, I understand what that feels like. I didn't read it in a book. I lived it. But I'm standing on the rock of my salvation, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is my firm foundation. And no longer is there sinking sand or shifting sands or or quicksand that sucks me away into the darkness. Are you hearing me? I can say it like that because I've lived in those abysmal dark spots many times in my life. But with Christ, I can win. He alone is our fortress and he's a place where we will n- never be shaken if we'll set our feet upon him, the rock. He, uh, David said, Lord, I, I, I wait quietly before my God for my hope is in him. Let me help you with something today, beloved. He is your only hope. He is your only chance. He said in Psalm 62, My victory comes from God alone. He is my refuge. He is my rock. He's a place where no enemy can reach me. Are you hearing me? It's within His arms that the enemy cannot reach you. Have I got your attention? As I was writing this message, um, I sit. I have this uh, chair that I sit in, and and uh, looks out over the lake. And I'll get my journal book out, and I'll write, 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 write. And the whole time I'm writing, I'm thinking, Lord, Lord, please let me share this with folks the way you're sharing it with me right now. And then usually I'll set the pen down and kind of just, Lord, what's next? What do you, what what's next? And so what came to my mind in that moment was a, a song called um, "In Christ Alone." Because that's what I was speaking about in "Christ Alone," and and I didn't remember all the lyrics to that song, so I decided to look up the lyrics to the song "In Christ Alone," and I'd like to read those lyrics to you today. Um, You're looking at me really funny. Because there's a bug climbing up here; it's going in your neck right now. There. Thank you, darling. Your sweetheart. Y'all were? Y'all are bugging me. Thank you, darling. I appreciate that. I would have probably noticed it once it got halfway down my back. And if somebody went, oh, he's getting the Holy Ghost. No, no, it's just just a bug. It's just a bug. It's just a bug. (laughs) In Christ alone. And here's the lyrics of this song. Because it's so... Resonated with me. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, and my song. The cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace when fears are stilled, when strivings cease. My comforter, my all-in-law. here, in the love of Christ, I stand. We each need moments of revelation when we realize that the place that we're standing is in the love of Jesus Christ. In Christ alone, who took on flesh, fullness of God in a helpless babe, this gift of love and righteousness scorned by the ones. He came to save till on that cross as Jesus died the wrath of God was satisfied for every sin on Him was laid here in the depth of Christ I live. I might say for every pain of the past on Him was laid. Every burden of a tragic history on Him was laid for here in the death of Christ I find life, I live. There in the ground his body lay, light of the world by darkness slain. Then bursting forth in glorious day, up from the grave he rose again. And as he stands in victory, sin's curse has lost its grip on me. The darkness of the past, the history of a broken past, has lost its grip on me. For I am His. And He is mine. Bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. No guilt in life. No fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry till final breath. Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell. No scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand. Till he returns or calls me home. Here in the power of Christ. I'll stand. I wish somebody would give the Lord a praise in the house of God. He alone is the place to put your faith. He alone is the answer to the baggage of the past. He alone is the one who can be, bring you freedom from the things that have kept you in bondage for so, for too long. He alone, in Christ alone. Honey, I need a, a, t- a tissue. Let's see. Yes, excuse me. <sighs> Somebody else blowing their nose for me. So, um, maybe your yesterdays, were potentially filled with violence and abuse, but you can have hope today. People who have, uh, are survivors, uh, victims and survivors of abuse often still feel the pain, still feel the, the guilt, still feel afraid, still feel alone, still feel misunderstood, and even though it's past and its history, it still leaves you in that place of, of uh, woundedness. Uh, the abuse uh, potentially has led to fear. Uh, it's maybe even left itself to you being somewhat of a, an abuser. Maybe it's led to depression. And, I, and I'm not speaking from stuff I read in a medical journey, journal. I'm speaking from stuff I lived Did you hear the E-D on the end of that word, lived? Maybe it leads to panic attacks. Diane can attest to the number of times that I had to flee situations because of panic attacks that were overwhelming me. Uh, It's really a crazy joke of God that he would call me to be a pastor a person who had panic attacks in large groups of people. Really, I I almost said to God when I felt like I was called to the ministry, but I hate people. And he, although I can look at it now, he he would say, "But, but I'm gonna show you how to love people through the prism of your own pain. Because there's beauty in the pain. If we we'll muddle through it to find that which God wants to make us make to um, turn us into, are you hearing me, beloved? So maybe uh, it's led to fear, depression, panic attacks, psychological, and maybe even uh, physical health problems. Uh, we've been there, but there's hope in Christ alone. There's hope in Christ alone. You're not going to find your answer in whatever church you go to. You're not going to find your answer based on who the pastor of that church is. Those are important things, but that's... The song isn't in church alone. It isn't in pastor alone. It's in Christ. And then here's the word alone. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else. But you need to know God is for you. he He loves you. He wants to cradle you in his arms, and he wants to protect you, and he wants you to see through his eyes just how precious and treasured you really are because you won't see that when you look in the mirror. The Bible says that God sees the trouble and the griefs that you've gone through. So when you feel like you're alone in your pain and no one really understands, you need to know that God knows He sees and He feels what you're going through. In fact, I will share this with you and I believe it. His heart broke when you were being violated. His heart broke when I was being violated. You might say, well then, why didn't He do something about it? That's not how God does things. He takes that which the enemy meant for evil and He uses it For good, had it not been for that brokenness that I experienced, I wouldn't be able to stand here before you today. And with all my heart, try to express this. So he sees. And you know what? He knows the truth of your situation. Because most people have believed that you were just dreaming it happened. Most people don't believe that it happened. They think you're over-dramatizing or you're you or you're just conjured up some memory because you went to a psychiatrist. He knows the truth of your situation. Jesus said that he gives us his peace. Not peace as the world gives, but he says, I'm going to give you <clears throat> my peace. So he says, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't worry. Now would be a good time to have Billy Bass here, wouldn't it be? (laughs) So maybe your todays are still affected uh, by the addictions and codependencies of the past. And many times these addictions and codependencies are also based on the trauma of the violation. Um, I can speak from experience as well. So maybe you're still affected today by those addictions and by those codependencies, and maybe they've morphed into some other addiction or some other codependency, but you can have hope today. I said, you can have hope today. This is not a hopeless message. This is a message of hope, but it's found in only one place through one person in Christ alone. Now, I understand the struggle of addictions. I get it. I understand the struggle of substance abuse. I understand the struggle of anxiety. I understand the struggle of depression. I actually understand the struggle of suicidal tendencies. The road to recovery can be a uh, very rocky road. The road to recovery can be uh, difficult, a difficult path at best. But there is hope yeah. in Christ alone. Are you hearing me, beloved? Yeah. Jesus said in Matthew 11, he says, Come unto me, all you who are carrying heavy loads. And he says, I'll give you rest. Yeah. <laughs> you see, your rest from all of this trouble is only found in one place in one person and that's at the foot of the cross in Jesus Christ it's the only place if anybody were to ask me well how did you survive how did you how did you make it in Christ alone sometimes the devil's done a fairly decent job of blinding me from Christ alone because the only thing i could see was my pain or my struggle etc see addictions whatever they may be they're heavy loads because not only the heavy load of of participating in the addiction but the heavy load of even gritting your teeth and fighting it i am speaking to people today it's a heavy load and the bible reminds us that jesus christ is right there with us and that we can find peace in him well, okay, so maybe you've dealt with the violation of the past. Maybe you've dealt with addictions and, and all the stuff that comes from that. Maybe you're carrying the burden of chronic pain and chronic health issues. And man, I can relate. My whole childhood, my, all of my teen years, all of my young adult life, and even portions of my adult life, have been riddled with the burdens of infirmity and the burdens of sickness and the burdens of of all the things that I've mentioned so far. But friends, there is hope for a better tomorrow. Your yesterdays may be dark. Even your today may feel bleak. But there is hope for a better tomorrow in Christ alone. The Bible says that God not only forgives all of our sins, but He heals all of our diseases problem is we don't put our faith in Him alone. Jesus said in John chapter 10 verse 10 that Satan comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but He says, I have come that you may have life abundantly. It is His will for me and for you to have a life that's like a wellspring of overflowing goodness and love and joy. That's His will for us. We just have to put our faith in Christ and in Christ alone. Sometimes that is a difficult mountain to climb. I can attest to that. And even, you can, it's almost like uh, anybody when you were little play king on the mountain. You'd climb the hill only to have someone chasing you up to knock you off the hill. Huh? It's like the enemy. You know, he is a pro at king of the mountain till he comes in contact with Jesus Christ. If I'm maintaining my ground on the mountaintop based on my own strength, He's going to knock me off every time. But when he gets to the top of the mountain and when he looks at me, he don't see me, but he sees Jesus Christ. I don't even have to do nothing. He just falls off that mountain. Can I get a witness from somebody? God said that he would restore all of our health. And he would not only restore all of our health, but it goes on to say in Jeremiah 30, 17, that he would also heal all of our wounds and that's not talking about a cut on the arm it's talking about a cut in the soul cut in the spirit the heart if you will allow him God will restore you if you'll give up on your own attraction to your pain God will restore you. Well, how can you say that, Pastor? I know what it's like to live in a painful situation where that's it's a part of who I am. This is, what, this is how I've survived all these years was by remembering the pain and, and fighting and fighting and being a fighter and being mean and being ornery and not loving and everything else because i got to protect myself. It's my mode of self-preservation. Thank God for the pain almost. no, no. No, no. God will restore, he'll pick up the fragment, fragments of a broken life, uh, and um, he'll put it all back together. Now, I want to show you a brief, something else happened this week, just hand them both to me, sweet pea, thank you, just like that. Um, <laughs> this one will probably capture me even Deeper. So I'm making this bowl and it looked like this to begin with, just a gnarly knot off of a tree. And it looks like a lot of us on the outside, right? Even on the inside it's just a big dark hole and you can't really tell. Yeah, sure. There must not be any beauty in there, so let's just cut that off and throw it in the burn pile. It ain't worth it. So I had this bowl, and uh, this is kind of almost exactly what it looked like, although the cavern was much bigger and darker and deeper, and and uh, so you know I just love wood. Um, I'm, this story isn't about. I, Diane can tell you, I debated about this because I didn't want this to be, I didn't want anyone to look at this bowl and go, oh, wow, look at the job you did. I may be the craftsman that worked the bowl, but I'm not the craftsman of this story. Are you hearing me? Okay. So, yeah, left to itself, it's, it's even an ugly paperweight. its It's fairly useless other than the burn pile, or, or the, or the uh, chipper, is that what it's called? The chipper. So that's how it started. And so I had this bowl that um, I had for like a year. Brother Richard and Sister Carolyn brought the knot to me. And uh, it was just a knot. Honest to goodness, it looked just like this. And so I had it for about a year. Takes a long time for them to dry. I'm sorry I gotta get another tissue. How about I just do this? (laughs) Am I helping anybody today? All right. (laughs) I'm always interested on what's in there. Because this knot on the tree really is God's creation. The tree is God's creation. What happens with that tree is God's artistry, his doing. And you might think, well, this sounds kind of uh, mystical. But that's how I approach the woodworking that I do. I mean, I'm just looking at it and what's in there. So I had this, uh, this knot look just like that. So I put it on the lathe. Would have been uh, last week, I think. And uh, boy, it was a good turn. Everything turned really good. And boy, as you go into, you get the, the blades in there. And as you go, you begin to see um, what's in there. Uh, and it's quite spiritual to me. Because who would have known that all this beauty. It's in there. And so uh, the outside turned just really easy. Um, it was just really turned really easy. And this is, this is called a bark inclusion right here. So it's actually where the bark was attached to the wood. and So after you do the outside, you turn it around and you start cutting the inside away. And there was this deep cavern down in there. I'm sorry. All this is very spiritual to me. Deep hole. Gnarly. Cavern down there. The bowl's useless even with the cavern because you can't put anything in it. Everything's going down in the, right? So uh, I had to fill the hole. Are y'all following me? And it went easy. Cut it all out and put some epoxy down in the hole, and you'd have to look really close, but the the epoxy is um, transparent, so you can actually see what's under that which covered. Uh, And the beauty is, and you may not be able to see it from where you're sitting, but you hold this to the light, and you can see the light through the darkness through, you can see the light, so anyway, the story isn't about the turning, the story is about the fact that the ball blew up, Michael can understand, he's a ball turner, so in the turning, I had already sanded it, it's got a beautiful smooth, I had already waxed it, and for whatever reason, it blew apart, and it blew apart in about, I think, four pieces, and, of course, you would think that the first response would have been, well, that's a loss. Whew. Aren't you glad that when God sees you fall in a party, don't go, well, that's a loss. Now, I've had my moments in the shop where things didn't go quite right, and I was like, okay, you're going to the burn pile Now! And when it fell apart, I just uh, I kind of stood there for a minute and uh, thought, well, if you get a chance to look at the grain, and I don't want you to look, if you get a chance to look at this bowl, I don't want you to look at it and go, whoa, he is such a great. No, I'm not. He is. Remember that what you will see inside of here is not visible through this ugliness. You may only look in the mirror and see the ugliness of your past and never get to see the beauty of what God created you to be. So, sorry, excuse me. It so fell apart, and uh, I saw the pieces laying there on the floor, and I'm like, okay, what am I going to do with that? Well, years ago, I uh, connected to a woodworking site. It's called the Samurai Carpenter because I really like the Japanese artistry and uh, woodwork, the art of joinery and stuff like that. But this, uh, this Samurai, the Samurai Carpenter, he always talked about, and I'm so glad that God does this with us. He, he says, find a way to celebrate the error. There's a win in the mistake if you'll find a way to celebrate the error. I'm so glad, so glad that God does not disqualify us because we've erred so badly in life. He already knows what's in here. He's going to celebrate your errors by making you into something beautiful. He saw your brokenness. He saw your pain. But he saw something beautiful on the inside of you. So it's in pieces and... Uh, I didn't get mad. I, I just kind of. So, this was kind of when I had the spiritual moment. <laughs> so, I reached down and I picked up the broken pieces. Now, I'm not a broken man today. This is a. These are tears of joy. So I saw the Father. And I saw the Father reach down and gently, I was afraid this was going to fall apart some more. So I reached down and I slowly picked up the pieces and I kind of cradled them, carried them over to my workbench, Mike. And I laid them on the bench. And I thought, hmm, wonder if it'll I wonder if it'll work. I mean, I was a little disappointed, right? I worked hard on the bowl. And so uh, I went in the house, left it, sitting on my workbench. I hope you're seeing all the spiritual applications. Because some of us don't know that we're on the workbench of God. We don't know that God is taking his time for a reason put us back together again. We don't know that. We think maybe he's just trashed us like a broken piece of wood. And so uh, I think the next day, well, I'm just getting all blubbery. So the next day I went out and I cleared my workbench of everything else, swept it off and, and pulled up a chair. Now please keep seeing this through spiritual eyes, would you? Please see this through spiritual eyes. And I began to see, and, it, and trust me, it's already turned. It's, you can't really put a clamp on it. I, you know, And it's waxed. It was slippery, and so I, I hmm, well, that looks like that might fit it was it was cracked all the way, all the way around to right up through here. this whole piece came out. Um, this whole piece popped out, um, and this whole piece popped off. so I went, hmm. All the pieces still fit together. Remember, it's not about the bowl. All the pieces still fit together. But I got no way to clamp them, so I'll use tape. That's a technique is sometimes just using tape to hold things together. But it's waxed. You ever try to put tape on something that's waxed? Another woodworker in the house? So I thought, well... I'm going to give her a try. Oh, I'm so glad God never quit trying on me. I'm so glad that he kept picking up the pieces and going, going to get them together. And one of these days, they're going to stick. Are you hearing me? So I put the glue in, I carefully painted the glue in on all the edges, and I put the one piece in. I'm trying to see if I can find a way to put it together, and I put tape around, the tape comes off, I put tape across and tape around, and finally I got it. Well, okay, well, well, we'll see what happens. And I got a feeling sometimes God goes, well, we'll see what happens. But it was only one piece. This may remind you of the message I'd done a number of years ago on Kitsugi and the, the art of repairing China in such a way. And if you remember the art of repairing China wear, is It's a piece that was had value to begin with, but when it was broken, it had zero value. But after it was repaired by the master repairer, its value was increased exponentially because of the gold that was used in the seams and the beauty of it was that the seams, the scars, the wound would always be seen as a reminder and a rememberer, but they weren't. Ugly, tattered, gnarly wounds. So I let that piece dry, and I come in the next day, and I put this piece back in, and <clears throat> hopefully, <laughs> will it work? Will it work? I don't know. Uh, and then, then, and I come the next day, and I was able to put a little spring clamp on that one. And uh, you know as well as I do, Mike, that uh, it, it, it eventually it's got to go back on the lathe. Right? It's the only way to bring it back to form because it wasn't perfect at that time. And I'm thinking, this thing's going to blow up when I put it back on the lathe. So, and I'm having a spiritual experience. I wasn't doing drugs, I wasn't on silly mushrooms or anything like that. This was a true moment that I was having with uh, Father. Father was showing me something. This was prior to my phone call with my or the, the podcast with my brother and subsequent conversation. And so uh, I let it sit for two days. because I wanted the, the glue to completely cure. I wanted the thing that holds it together to set and completely cure and saturate the piece. And uh, I come back out and I, I kind of tweaked on it a little bit. Well, I guess it's going to hold. Let's take her back to the lathe. And so I Put it on the lathe, and um, kept thinking, "Boy, that's, when that when that chisel hits that seam, this sucker's is going to snap and come apart." And so, with unbelievable gentleness, I put slowly pushed the blade into the wood until it was just dust coming off. Because I just I didn't want to take off too much time too too much at a time for fear of damaging it even further further. I just wanted to take enough off to smooth the edges. Bring it down, bring it down. Took my time with it. Brought it down, brought it down, brought it down, sanded it. Rewaxed it, and uh God took the broken and he put it back together again. This is just this is a, just an example of that. So I'm gonna. I don't want you to come look at this bowl. Some of you are going to want to come look at this bowl. I know my woodworker friends are. Please don't see Rick in the story. I beg you. Diane can tell you I struggle with even bringing it today because I didn't want Rick to be in the story. I wanted the story to be about God. So, and because I care, see all the, these pieces here? This is just... Junk and dirt and stuff from the past is just still falling off of that piece. So I'm going to make sure that the other piece stays nicely guarded. Because I took it in the house and as Diane always does, the pieces that I make, she goes, thank you. (laughs) And I'm like, hey, wait a minute. She said, that's my favorite piece ever. And I'm thinking, I thought I was, but anyway. (laughs) So in closing, um, I want to share the words of my 87-year-old spiritual mom. We text every morning, and I text her a few things about, you know, uh, um, kind of uh, the journey (laughs) and the message that I was writing. And so I shared with you. I'm going, to, I'm going to preach a message, I think I'm going to title, The Past is Past, so forth and so on. So she sends me a text back. And uh, I want to read the words of my spiritual mom, very wise. And uh, she says... Some people have a pocket full of change. I got a pocket full of snotty rags, so isn't that great? Yeah, everybody, I'm shaking his hand later on. She says this, and I think it, the reason I'm bringing it is because I think it will resonate with all of us. I Now, remember, it, I didn't say 87 years old just to identify her age. It was to, even from her, at her age, this is her reflection, Okay. I personally think back over my life pretty often, especially at night. The enemy of my soul reminds me of my past in detail. But when I call on God, he gives me his assurance that he has forgiven me. He enables me to rebuke the devil and remind him that all of those things from the past are in the sea of God's forgetfulness never to be remembered again. So I say, devil, that was then, and this is now. The blood of Jesus has cleansed me from all my sin. Therefore, I am redeemed from death to life. So she goes on to say, if anyone is in Christ, and she puts in parentheses, and I am. She actually did it in bold caps. If anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Thank God, she says, the past is the past. That was then, and this is now. Are you all hearing me, beloved? So everyone has the baggage of the past. No one is immune. <laughs> we all have it. Not all of us deal with it. Some of us live with it. Some of us have treasured it. Some of us have even considered doing away with our own life as, so as to never have to deal with it anymore. I'm speaking to somebody today. So we all have the baggage of the past. It's a part of life. It it is just there. God doesn't want us stumbling around in life carrying that weight on our own. In fact, He desires the exact opposite. He wants us to bring our hurts. He wants us to bring our imperfections. He wants us to bring our gnarliness, our dark spots, the canyons of nothingness. He wants us to bring it to Him. He wants us to bring our past to Him. He wants us to bring (coughs) the guilt to Him. He's not going to look down on you. He's not going to judge you. I remember when I reached down, and I mean, literally, this was, a, this was such an ethereal moment for me. I know, I'm not saying God broke the bowl, but he sure used it. Honest to goodness, I mean, when I reached down on the floor, I keep referring to Mike because he's a bowl turner. He's actually one that inspired me to start turning bowls. And when I reached down, I mean, I, I remember getting down like this. And it was right about here that I thought I saw Jesus. Get over here where you can see what I'm doing. I got in my shop. It's dirty. I'm dirty. I got sawdust all over me. And really, I care. It was right about here I saw me and I saw him picking me up. All the pieces. And of course I got up. And set it down because I was afraid of breaking it any further. But then I went back looking for any additional pieces. I wonder. The Lord's not going to leave any piece unturned. So when we put our trust in Jesus... Jonathan, can you come up, bud? When we put our trust in Jesus, we begin to experience the healing. I didn't say we are... It took several days for this to turn out. Thank you, Richard and Carolyn, wherever you're at, for bringing this gnarly piece of wood to me. When we come to Him... When we put our trust in him, he will begin the process of healing us of our past. And I don't, I said process. I, I know that he has the miraculous power to instantaneously heal. But the word by definition, if you look it up, healing in the dictionary, the process of recovery is the definition of the word healing. Yes, there is that beauty, beautiful miracle, miraculous, right now healing, but most of the time, God wants us to go through the process because it's in the process we learn to trust Him more. It's in the process because the process sometimes will be hard and sometimes it will be moments when we begin to focus more on the waves and the storm of our past and we start losing trust he wants us to maintain that trust the good news though is that our past doesn't disqualify us i'll tell you right now if there's anybody on the planet that is any more disqualified to stand behind the pulpit than i am i'd love to meet him or her I'm not qualified to be here. Because for years, even in the ministry, I still only saw myself this way. Diane and I were looking at... Of course, you know, honey, just about everything that happens in life for me is... Something that God is teaching me and and bringing for me to bring to everyone else, and so we're looking at pictures. Last night we had to get some pictures together of our wedding, which uh, we didn't actually have. Yes, we are married. They're living in sin. No, no, we did, but we're not now. We we got married at a Justice Peace, so we didn't have a wedding per se right so we're looking for pictures and we found the pictures and i looked at her 30 35 plus years younger Um, and i just thought when i saw it of course when i saw me in the picture i saw i remembered who i was then I looked up from the picture and I said, why in the world did you say yes to me? And I look look to God every every Sunday and I said, why in the world did you say yes to me? And I think he says although I don't hear him often say these things, the same thing that Diane said to me last night, because I saw something good you Diane had the wherewithal to see past this to see this I didn't see it I still don't see it this is what the devil wants to remind me that you're nothing more than this and I get a kick out of reminding him oh but God says I'm this So the good news is that our past doesn't have to disqualify us. It actually prepares us. It's our past and the journey and the ugliness and all the pain and all the sorrow and all the stuff that I've spoke about today that God says, I'm going to use that For my good. He says the devil meant it for evil. The devil meant to destroy you, Rick. If he didn't destroy you then, he's going to make sure you never get past what happened then so you stay destroyed for the rest of your tomorrows. Because God uses all things for the good of his people who are called according to his purpose. So in Christ alone, I have found my hope. In Christ alone, I have found my wholeness. I don't have to always feel whole to know that in Christ alone, I am already whole. Are you hearing me? I wonder if you can believe it and receive it today, if you'd give the Lord a little bit of product of two entities in life, my father, God, and my precious bride, Diane, I even said to her this morning, what in the world did you see in me? I was just a drug addict, man. When we first got together, I needed two things in life, baloney sandwich and a bag of weed. That's all I needed was a baloney sandwich and a bag of weed. That's that's the truth. I played in a band and I slept most of the day and stayed up all night and stayed high all the time and all I needed was a bologna sandwich and a bag of weed. That's all I needed. She was an administrator in a fine dining restaurant. She was rolling in the cashola. (laughs) Why did you pick me? Because she saw past, this is our father in heaven. He sees past the surface of this and who we are because He knows what He created us to be. You are not meant for the fire pit. You are not meant for the chipper. You are not meant to go in the wastebasket. You may be broken, but God will put you back on His supernatural lathe, and He'll put His tools on you ever so gently and put you back together again and turn you into what you already are in Him. And create in you uh, something you never believed possible to be. And you'll go from being gnarly and broken to being precious and irreplaceable because that's what you already were. I didn't put this stuff in here. God put all this stuff in here. So this morning, and I pray, I pray as much for the, this moment in the service than as I do in, I'm um, running a little bit late, but I guess y'all will bear with me. <laughs> um, I put as much prayer in this moment in the service as I do any other moment, and that is the moment of application, the moment of invitation and i'm not here to qualify or disqualify or judge or any of that that's between you and god but i want to invite you to come to the altar if this message any part of this message resonated with you i want to invite you to come to the front i know back in the old days church there used to be a a wooden thing across the front it was called the altar we no longer have the wooden altar across the front now it's still I still look at all this like it's the altar it's the place you come kneel our prayer team has been instructed to when they see someone come to the altar to just come and kind of be with you not to minister to you I said to our prayer director I don't want the prayer team getting in front of you I want them to be either beside you or behind you and just be there. Not ask you, what are you here for? But just to be there. So if you come to the altar, which I hope you do, you're coming to meet with Jesus. And you feel someone, someone's hand on your shoulder. Don't let it distract you. It's just one of our prayer team saying, I love you and I'm here for you and I'm with you.